and welcome to Activity Quest, the podcast that's packed with stuff to do. This week, Anna Louise is getting lost in a jungle, George is off to Epcot, and we've got events from across the UK. First, though, Tom Hartdyke is a brilliantly eccentric plant hunter. He's travelled the world collecting exotic plants, been taken hostage in a jungle, and today is taking Anna Louise on a tour of his epic glass cactus house and world gardens that are open to the public. It features all of the exotic, poisonous and rare plants from across the planet. Where we're standing here, Anna Louise, is the anteroom and it's just a real room full of paraphernalia. So we've got old drum kits from Great Granny. Apparently she was a great drummer in 1860 and 1870. We've got here courtups. You'll see the word courtup written on there. That was a relation hundreds of years ago who discovered nutmeg in Indonesia and caused the Spice Wars. He was murdered in the end by by the Dutch colonies who were taking over Indonesia and he specifically was, was given instructions by the Queen and the royal family at the time to bring back uh, nutmeg, a, a really rare spice. But he lost his life because of that. And on top there's lots of spears and swords. That's some great, great Uncle Boyd. He was an ornithologist. He studied birds and he was an amazing character apparently. A lot of people say, you know, in your genes, Tom, perhaps you've got a bit of that from, from him. He wasn't a plant chap, but he discovered late Chad in uh, North Africa they discovered to the western world discovered Lake Chad and he brought back so many different bird species but he was murdered by the French as well so it's quite a gory story he was stabbed to death with a spear many times in, in the chest and died out there his brother went to go and rescue him and died of malaria no. so yes there's quite a bit of tradition of, of ex- exploration in the family basically and you yourself are an explorer Tom you've travelled the world hunting down exotic plants you yourself were captured in the jungle. I'm a complete idiot, honestly. It was 21 years ago and we were trying to cross an area called the Darien Gap on the Panamanian-Colombian border searching for rare species of orchids. Please don't go there. And I couldn't resist it because I wanted to find a new species of orchid, a type of rare plant to name after my dear Granny. She really inspired me with the world of plants. She was fantastic, Granny. And we, me and a friend I was with, we got kidnapped thrown to our, literally to, to our knees, big guns stuck to our heads, and we were kidnapped by school kids, really, but they just weren't at school. And there were 14, 15, 16-year-olds with guns that were bigger than them, bandanas, so sort of camouflage kit, bandanas around their heads. I mean, we were in a TV set. It was, but it was, we were in a movie almost, but no, this was real life happening to us, and we thought that would be the end of our, end of our lives. And we were kidnapped for 10 months in the Colombian jungle by a group of about 700 different people that were holding us. What did they want with you, Tom? Well, they wanted, I think, money. They saw us a white face from, from England. Perhaps we'll get some money from them. So they wanted $5 million each originally. I was worth $5 million. It went up to 50 at one stage. I mean, wow. Look at the state of me in my shorts and holes in socks. I was worth $5 million. It 
was absolutely amazing. And we think they were waiting and waiting for the money to appear in a helicopter, they said. They were fantasising. They had no clue. And we knew that we were going to probably die in the end. And obviously, I'm not recommending the experience, but after being kidnapped, we saw some fantastic orchids. <laughs> it took us right up into the cloud forest where no... It's just exploration at its best. No human had been here before. This was an extraordinary, rare, exceptionally isolated place. It was amazing experience. Did you get to name your orchid after your dear granny? I found so many different types of orchid species that I collected and hang on to my rucksack, these big rucksack with us that we managed to still keep, which is great. They let us have with all our things in. And I tied my orchids to the rucksack straps for, what, half a year. I was carrying these orchids around with me, but they burnt them in the end before they released us eventually. So I never brought an orchid back. But just great to just great to get out of that we didn't escape in the end they let, let us go mum still says any reason you two got releases i never stopped talking <laughs> please please just shut up let these two english guys go so they released us and told us to get lost we got completely and utterly lost in the swamps it was like indiana jones snakes hanging down around your necks floating in this swamp bits of you know trench rock we lost bits of skin used to fall off around our toes because you're in water for so long sleeping on your back in a floating mass of root in this putrid fluid in this mangrove swamp it was disgusting so we had to go back for directions <laughs> so Paul's like, we've got to go back for directions no. back up the hill we went to our Colombian captors who just put their hands over their head and went we cannot get rid of these two <laughs> so they gave us money in the end our captors paid for us to go we were that bad we released us and we were back home here for Christmas so it was lucky enough that you made your escape that you actually managed to leave, but lucky that then you found your way out of the jungle, out of the swamp as well. We thought the jungle, not a bullet, we thought the jungle was going to kill us. And everyone's like, well, Tom, how did you get lost? You can't see six, seven feet in front of you. You can't see the person six, seven feet in front of you sometimes. And when it's raining, me and Paul couldn't get over this. The jungle is so dense and so thick in places. It's a wall of green, basically. Fantastic place, but so threatening when you're lost. You're so it's such an intimidating place. Paul could be 20 feet away in a rainstorm. It's deafening when the heavens open. It's deafening. You could be shouting at Paul to wait or to do whatever. He wouldn't hear you 20 feet away because it's just so loud when all the foliage is splattered with all the rain and you've got this dense foliage. You can't see each other. You can get lost so easily. So you have to have top-notch survival skills. <laughs> yes um, Yes, of course Yeah, we have no training in anything whatsoever And we both should be dead We know it There is no way we should be alive We have no training in anything in life, me and Paul But we just managed to get away with it So lucky To come back and see Granny Oh, oh. We had the, she gave me the biggest bear hug ever My best friend, Granny It was brilliant And I did man managed to find a type of nice pink snapdragon relation Ooh. It's called a Penstemon to name after her. She said, it's not an orchid, Tom, but it will do, and it's great you're not dead. 
<laughs> what a return. What a welcome. Tom, have all of your plant hunting experiences been that dangerous? No, no. So I've done lots of trips to the Canary Islands, generally safer, off the African coast, administered by Spain, and brought back quite a few plants. Now, I should be clear now, it's collecting seeds of certain plants in the wild, and it's bringing back those seeds, if you're allowed to do so, to the developing garden here at Lullingston, which is brilliant. And often these plants, especially in the Canary Islands, and it's quite a tourist attraction, the Canary Islands. They're quite a well-known tourist um, honeypot, really. But it's amazing what can be discovered just a kilometre from where you're staying in your hotel. New species of plant, new varieties of plant that people here are really interested in seeing and often naming new varieties of things through Kew Gardens, through the Royal Horticultural Society, who have been so supportive in what we're doing here at Lullingston. And I've managed to go back to South America, not to the Darien Gap. Mum would not let me go back to the Darien Gap, not get a second chance, but to go and give talks in Colombia, actually, and to travel seven times to seven different countries in South America to bring back plants, many of which are in the garden. Wow. What does it take, Tom, to be a successful plant hunter for those listening who are inspired? Simple enthusiasm and a bit of passion. I think you can do anything with enthusiasm and a bit of passion. You can do whatever you want in life. I have no botanical qualifications whatsoever. I'm just self-taught, as Granny was, who inspired me at a young age, with a packet of carrot seeds and a trowel at the age of three. She said, here's a packet of carrot seeds and a trowel. You can just about walk and talk, she said. Get your hands dirty. Learn from your mistakes in the world of plants. If you don't lose plants, you'll never learn anything and go for it. I mean, what advice is that? And it's just going for it. I'm simplifying it a bit, yes. But, I mean, having that enthusiasm and passion, you absorb the information about whatever you're doing in life, whether it's, for me, with plants, where you can and shouldn't go when you're travelling, what equipment to take with you. You just do it because you're passionate about it. And me, for me, the home is my rucksack. If I'm a snail, that's my shell. The rucksack has everything in it. You get on a plane, you get on a ferry, you get in your car and you can plant and hunt, even locally. There's loads of places where are based in Kent. I've never been to nature reserves to go and see plants. I haven't got to go into the middle of nowhere. But above all, it's amazing what you can still discover around the world and in the UK. There are so many species of plant out there still. I'm ducking under almost a fan-like plant that sort of looks like bird feathers above my head. And I'm making my way over, scurrying behind Tom, who spotted something rather large, rather unusual looking. I love this. This is called the toilet paper plant. What? It's got these amazing felty, sort of silvery, whitey leaves. And on the underside of the leaf, as well as on the upper side of the leaf, they're quite furry. So they used to be used as a substitute for toilet paper in the wild where it comes from in India. It wouldn't be brilliant, Tom toilet paper and it's got a few ants on it so that would add to a problem I think do you know what it feels like I'm just stroking it now and it's so soft it it feels like my dog's ears my Labrador's ears it looks a bit ear-like as well that's a funny creature it's a new species of something that hasn't been discovered yet some sort of dragon ear for that one there but they're amazing things but I love plants and I love the stories that plants have got and that's why I grow so many of these things because they look amazing but they've often got a great story too and Tom as an adventurer as an explorer it's in your genes it's been passed down to you through your ancestry where are you heading next where are your next adventures and where are your next plans going to take you Devon and Cornwall. Oh, <laughs> very exotic. What? What? It, 
what have you got going on? It, it's the Gulf Stream that's down there. The, the full of, we get that as well here in, in Kent, but the full effect of the Gulf Stream is down. The Atlantic coming off into the southwest of the UK, so you can grow so many more different plants that we can't grow here. Just four hours away, but a trip to the Silly Isles off Penzance, St Michael's Mount. Oh, oh I, I can't wait to go there. And I'm really getting into these staycation holidays this year, especially where lots of exotic locations are for plants. And what will you be spotting? Oh, there's things called Puya. P-U-Y-A, a very prickly bromeliad relation. Ooh. So it's related to a pineapple and air plants that hang off the trees. So at St Michael's Mount, they've got a fantastic examples of those. I'm green with envy. You're going to get your backpack on, you're going to get your, your hat on and your, and your binoculars. Absolutely, and hopefully there shouldn't be any Colombian gorillas there. Thanks, Anna-Louise. Now remember, you can leave us a five-star review wherever it is you're listening to this or get in touch at funkidslive.com slash activityquest. Here's what else is happening across the UK. Thanks, Bex. The latest issue of BBC Top of the Pops magazine is here and it's an amazing bumper special. Grab yourself five awesome gifts, including a cute pineapple photo holder, cool nail polish, sparkly star hair clips and cactus slime. Then get set for a pamper sesh by making your own bath fizzers and find out some amazing friendship tips from superstar Billie Eilish. Plus, every issue includes a mini mag full of brilliant puzzles and crazy quizzes. It's all inside BBC Top of the Pops magazine, which is out right now. As for stuff happening around the country, the London Philharmonic Orchestra is welcoming families back to Royal Festival Hall for the next Fun Harmonics concert on Sunday, the 7th of November. Hear the LPO in full flight playing selections of their favourite pieces. Tickets start from just £8. LPO.org.uk is the place to go to find out more. And remember, remember the 5th of November. It's bonfire night on Friday and there are loads of fireworks displays around the country. Leeds Castle in Kent is home to the biggest display in the southeast, combining fireworks and projected moving images. Of course, there's likely to be events near you too. And remember, however you decide to celebrate, stay safe. Explore an after-dark trail through habitats of owls, geese and otters. Walk past reed beds, lagoons and the grazing marsh to see larger-than-life illuminations of iconic wetland wildlife at Wetland Wildlife Trust in London. Dance under rainfall lights, skip along with fireflies and play in the blue waters of an immersive light tunnel too. www.wwt.org.uk to find out more. It's on until January 9th. And be part of a live theatrical treasure hunt with Percy the Park Keeper as you help him get his animal friends ready for winter at Chiswick House and Gardens. Forest school meets puppetry and world-class theatrical storytelling in this clue-based adventure. Bring your wellies and prepare to solve those clues. Tickets from £20 for adults and £15 for kids. It's on until November 14th. Just search Chiswick House and Gardens. Adam, I am super excited for Bonfire Night, but remember, of course, to stay safe and check before you travel, book in advance where you can, and whatever you do, tell them Activity Quest sent you. Now, for the past few weeks, George has been riding roller coasters all over the world with his new friend Len. I am a bit jealous, I won't lie. Len Tester is a theme park ride expert, and today we're off to my favourite Disney place. It is Epcot. Len Tester's Ultimate Theme Park Rides. Okay, it's time now to welcome back Len Tester, our theme park 
expert for the latest edition of Lentester's Ultimate Guide to Theme Parks. He's talking about some of the world's best attractions based on his expert knowledge, but also some real science and data as well. We've got a leaderboard going on with some of the biggest and best rides, and it's time to find out which attraction is going to be taking a place on the leaderboard today. Uh, today, George, we're going to the United States, to Florida, and we're talking about Soren. Uh, which is in Future World, in Epcot, in Walt Disney World. So, Epcot. Let's start there because um, this is a really different theme park, right? It's not your usual Disney-style theme park, is it? Epcot's not your usual Disney park in that it's separated into two two distinct halves. The first half is called World Showcase, and it's a set of uh, pavilions dedicated to a dozen different countries from around the world. But the one that we're talking about here is called Future World, and it's dedicated to science technology and imagination and the ride here Soren, that we're talking about um, is in this pavilion called the land pavilion and so it's a hang glider experience around the world it's a theme park but it's based in science and it's based in technology and the attractions there mm-hmm. are all about building things or how things were built or what the future might be and it's a fascinating place and it's very different to i think anything that we've got in the uk so if you haven't been maybe have a little look online have a youtube because it's very big and it's very interesting and this attraction soaring how does that fit mm-hmm. into the kind of the theme of Epcot then? It, it fits in, in in two ways um, one is that part of the th- uh, the theme of Epcot is bringing people together right so um, how we're all connected uh, the second part of it is it's in this uh, pavilion called the land pavilion which is focused on the environment and nature and so as part of Soren you are in a hang glider uh, that goes through different scenes around the world starting with polar bears in the Arctic imagine you're in a hang glider uh, going over the Arctic Ocean and you can see icebergs and ice flows and, and on those icebergs and ice flows you can see polar bears frolicking and in the distance you can see whales jumping and um, glaciers calving and things like that. Um, that's the start scene of it. You also go through um, different waterfall scenes in South America. You see man-made uh, marvels like the Great Wall of China. You see the Eiffel Tower in Paris and as you're going through these scenes you're when I say you're on a glider you're actually in a row of seats that starts off at ground level but then ratchets up to be two stories in the air so your feet are actually dangling in front of a giant IMAX like theater screen and so it really does feel like you're in a hang glider going over these places. Not only that, but Disney will occasionally pump in different scents. Wow. So if you're going through the forest, you might smell trees and so on. So this is like a real sensory experience. It's literally like you're not just flying through the world, but you're experiencing things through your, not just your sights, but you're, you're smelling amazing things as well. Everyone who goes on Soren loves Soren. So this is really one of the most popular attractions in one of the most popular theme parks in the world. So you know it's going to be a good one. Okay, let's get down to the serious part now. We need a score for the leaderboards. So the criteria is fun and it's innovation. And what are you going to be giving it? I'm giving it a 9 out of 10 for fun. Uh, I think it's a great ride and everyone loves it. And then an 8 out of 10 for innovation because there is really nothing else like it anywhere else. That is a big score. And for a ride, which as you say, Len, it's nearly 20 years old, but it's still very 
innovative and fresh and different. Uh, 17 out of 20, that's awesome. That puts it third place in our leaderboard at the moment, just behind the uh, Jurassic World ro uh, roller coaster and at the top of the leaderboard, it's Animal Kingdom's Kilimanjaro Safaris. But third place is pretty good. And um, what can possibly top the Kilimanjaro Safaris? Oh, can anything? Well, we'll find out in the next installment of Len Tester's Ultimate Guide to Theme Parks. Len, thanks for now and we'll see you then. Thanks, Len, and thank you to George as well. And just like that, we're done. We've given you stuff to do, and now it's your turn to go and do it. Remember, there are loads of episodes of Activity Quest that you can go back and listen to any time you like. If you're after some more suggestions, just scroll back in your podcast app and pick an episode you fancy. Whatever you do, and however you do it, tell us at funkidslive.com slash activityquest. And remember to rate, review, and follow this podcast wherever it is you're listening to it. I'm Bex, and this has been a podcast from the UK's children's radio station, Fun Kids. Listen to me on your DAB digital radio, online, on the free Fun Kids mobile app, and on your smart speaker. Just say, play Fun Kids, every weekday from 4pm. See you then. The Space Programme is a Baffle Gab production for the UK's children's radio station, Fun Kids. You can listen to Fun Kids all day on your DAB digital radio, on your smart speaker by saying play Fun Kids, and on the free Fun Kids mobile app. You can also listen online and play loads of games, quizzes, as well as find out the latest news at funkidslive.com. Um, it's got some amazingly pink and white flowers. The leaves look quite kind of f like um, kind of furry, you know what I mean? It's a warm spring day in late March, and ever since the leaves have started to come out, Roby Joe has been wondering why some trees lose their leaves and some don't, and also like how the trees know when it's time to shed their leaves. To find out, join us on the conversations, Curious Kids, wherever you get your podcasts.